Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Week 22 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. What can I say, America? Um, he's a guy who will even lie about the weather. And he has access to the nuclear codes and everything that the power of the presidency grants him. And here we are. <laughs> there is a certain percentage of Americans that absolutely still adore him. But I have faith. And the guest I have on today's show is going to give you faith too. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I know, I, I don't usually hype the guest. And I probably should, because almost everybody who I've had on is far more popular than I am. So maybe I should do more hyping of the guest. But I have got a guy on tonight, David Weissman. David Weissman's uh, an interesting case. He is a, um, he's a former Trump conservative. Fits the profile, um... You know, uh, was in the army, did two tours of service in Afghanistan during this most recent uh, uh, episode there. And, um, you know, was was a dyed in the wool Trump supporter until he got into a conversation on Twitter with Sarah Silverman, of all people. And, you know, I love Sarah. And um, the story he tells you got to listen to it. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tale of how to reach the Trump voter. And, and, and I don't think it reaches all the Trump voter. I'm not one of those people who say, we've got to win back those Trump voters who, you know, gave him a chance. I, I think that the people who just said, hey, what the heck do I have to lose? Let me vote for this guy. I think he lost them. You know, I, for those of you who think that the people who rolled the dice with Trump you know, who really were concerned about some of the things he was and thought, well, maybe when he becomes president, he'll be normal. They're gone from him. I'm sorry. If they're voting for him um, after, the, you know, the three years we've had, I mean, even after the last three weeks we've had with this guy, uh, I would find that hard to believe. This is a guy, David Weissman, who had real doubts about Hillary Clinton, considered himself a conservative, was living in Israel at the time was a, uh, a writer for many right-leaning conservative uh, websites and uh, newspapers, some abroad, some domestic, and really, I think, was living in a bubble. He was living in a conservative bubble. And, you know, it gives me, um, gives me hope. 
It also makes me feel good because you know I'm a, a you know I'm a progressive who goes on Fox, and as a result, I I get followed by a lot of conservatives, um, who watch me on Fox. Some of them like me, some of them hate me, um, but they they watch me anyway, and they interact with me on Twitter. Some of them follow me, some of them don't. And I try to be nice and I try to engage. It's been harder, uh, I will say, the last uh, four years since Trump emerged from that escalator. Uh, it's been a lot harder to really engage with people on issues because people just don't want to hear it. And people, you know, will constantly repeat his refrain, fake news, fake news. And I tell everybody, look, uh, you know, look at the AP Newswire. And, and you know, that tends to be straight down the middle. They don't do offer any opinion generally. So, you know, look at that. But David Weissman got into a conversation and he'll tell it um, in the interview that you're going to hear in a few minutes. He got into a conversation with Sarah Silverman over Twitter. And um, rather than her making him feel like an idiot, she engaged with him and turned him over. And now he's a progressive America. Uh, he didn't just stop being a Trump voter. He stopped being a conservative. You know, uh, Mark Sanford's running for president now. Um, the former congressman and former governor from South Carolina, Joe Walsh. Uh, they are still conservatives. They may be anti-Trump, but they're still conservatives. I, I am waiting for more people to cross the aisle like they did in London last week. And I should say in, in Great Britain last week uh, when Boris Johnson who is Britain's Trump, uh, was trying to lead that country over a cliff. And there were some members of parliament that decided to put country first. I have not seen that in our Congress. And, and I, 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 you know, you've heard me say this. I mean, and I'll say it again, I'm sure, on the show today. I don't know what these guys are waiting for, right? I don't understand why they're even in Congress if they're not willing to put country first. I don't get it. Anyway, so I'm going to rant a little bit about this, and then you'll hear from David Weissman. Because I am so tired of people just saying, ah, who cares, he lies. Horrible. Anyway, keep it working. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Uh, We have a president of the United States who lies about everything. He lies about little things that he doesn't have to lie about. He lies, he lies, he lies. And yet there are still people in this country who are okay with that. They are okay with a president who misspeaks and says that a hurricane that clearly is not going to hit Alabama is going to hit Alabama. And then days later, After getting that criticism, and by the way, mild criticism, all he had to say was, I misspoke. I saw an earlier track that looked like it would hit Alabama, which, you know, I guess you could have made an argument a week ago, week and a half ago, but not over the weekend, America. Um, The president of the United States cannot let anything go. He does not let anything go so much to the point that... During a briefing to the media on Hurricane Dorian, he took out a map. He did this briefing on Wednesday, and he took out a map from Sunday that had Dorian not even hitting Alabama then, but he took a Sharpie and he edited the map to make it look like it was a NOAA map, but he edited the map to put narrow, to put Alabama in the uh, cone of uncertainty for this hurricane because he doesn't let anything go. I mean, this is a... This is a man who will fight you on everything and will never, under any circumstances, 
admit he did anything wrong ever. When all he had to do was say, yes, I misspoke. I was thinking about an earlier map. Uh, you know, clearly Alabama is not in the eye of the hurricane. The president of the United States tweet had to be corrected by the National Hurricane Center in Alabama because people in Alabama were like, wait a minute, are we uh, are we in the eye of the hurricane? Are we in danger of the hurricane? Do we have to evacuate? America, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are people who have jobs. Jobs that are very dangerous. Jobs that have to inform the public about things that could be dangerous to the public. There are people right now, as we speak, who are putting their lives on the line to rescue people who were impacted by this hurricane. These are serious people who have serious jobs. Can't we ask the president not to politicize weather? Not to have to have a fight? over weather instead do your job Mr. President make sure that the states that are impacted by Dorian and other hurricanes and other natural disasters that'll happen in your term make sure that they have the assets that they need to fight this hurricane to survive this hurricane to rebuild after this hurricane do we need to spend any time defending a misguided statement you made over the weekend? Do you have to lie upon lie upon lie upon lie? Can't you just move on? Can't you just let one go? Can't you have a little grace in the eye of a storm? An actual storm, Mr. President? I don't understand how you have any support at all for re-election in this country. I don't understand it. This is the kind of nonsense behavior that, you know, if I'm a first responder in this country and I'm out there responding to this emergency and I'm hearing this nonsense, which might even cause assets to be diverted. Remember, the president's words matter. They matter. They move markets and they sure as heck move assets within this country to help in in emergency situations. Are they supposed to be ignored? Are we just supposed to ignore you, Mr. President? Let somebody else figure it out. You're the president of the United States. Your words matter. There are serious people out there. And I'm I'm talking to you, first responders, police officers, firefighters, members of the Coast Guard, remember the National Guard, military members who have strong support for this president. You're doing serious work. You're out there doing the serious work, saving lives and keeping people safe. And this man jeopardizes that. Sorry, you think it's just a joke? It's not. It's not a joke. When the president says a storm's going to Alabama, that's a big deal. The fact that he has to continue the fight about it, days into it, while you're out there risking your life to save people, While people's lives are in jeopardy, we're talking about his misstatement over the weekend. Oh, by the way, and the reason why he misspoke over the weekend, the reason why he's so defensive about this right now is because, you know, he canceled his trip to Poland to stay home and monitor the storm. And instead of monitoring the storm, he played golf. Now, America, I've said this before. I'll say this again. I'm okay with the president playing golf. In fact... I highly encourage the president to take Air Force One to some other country and go play golf there for the next year and a half and not come back. I think we'll be fine without him. In fact, I think we'll be better off without him because he won't be doing things like telling people in Alabama to get ready for a hurricane that's not coming to them. I am not one of these people who say, He shouldn't play golf. I didn't say that about Obama, although the president said that a lot about Obama. A lot about Obama. And for those of you who, you know, want to say he has a business purpose to play golf. No, the man has played over 200 rounds of golf in two and a half years as president. He said he wouldn't play any golf. Remember that? A lot of things he said that he didn't do because he's a liar. He lies about little things. He lies about 
big things. Liar, liar, liar. Just keep that in mind, America. This is a guy who will lie about little things. He'll take a magic marker to a NOAA map and he will lie about it. He will write, he will draw it in to say, look, I was right. It was coming to Alabama. Nonsense. If you lie about that, you lie about anything. And if you've been protecting this guy, if you've been supporting this guy, if you've been one of those people out there who are, you know, going to ride or die with Donald Trump, maybe it's time you take a look at it real close and you ask yourself the question, how can I trust anything he says? If he's lying about, I mean, look, Man, people misspeak all the time. People, you know, quote old information, you know, especially something like a hurricane where every, you know, four hours is a new update on its track. He was thinking about an old update. I get why he said that. There's no reason to extend the lie five, six days later to fight about it five, six days later. No reason whatsoever. So ask yourself this, America. How much more of this are you willing to take? The lie that he did today, or yeah, sorry, the lie that he did the last couple of days about the hurricane in Alabama may not seem like a big lie to you. May not seem like a big deal. But it is just part of an ongoing problem with this man. A disregard for the truth all the time. There are never, ever situations where you could believe everything that's coming out of this man's mouth. He just says what he wants to say. And look, it's an, it's this is straight out of the Roy Cohn playbook. Roy Cohn, who was a disgraced, corrupt attorney who is most famous for working with Joe McCarthy on the House Un-American Activities Committee or the witch hunt, the blacklist, whatever you want to call it from the 1950s, the red hunt, the red scare. He was a disgraced attorney who was also Donald Trump's mentor. And Roy Cohn believed, Roy Cohn believed that you fight over everything, no matter how small you wear your opponents out by fighting about everything. And I think this president has worn this country out. He has been fighting about everything for two and a half years, almost three years now, really since he started running for office for five years. And I am, I, I mean, I've been saying this for weeks. I am worn out, but I am not accepting that this man gets to keep doing this and I'm not going to stop calling him out for it. And if you're a supporter of this guy's, You need to start calling them out for it too. It shouldn't just be me. Like, I don't understand what Mitt Romney's doing in the United States Senate now. I don't understand why he's even there. If I'm Mitt Romney, a guy who's got all the money he could possibly need, why am I sitting back? Why am I sitting back and allowing this guy to destroy this country? I know that Mitt Romney has some sort of moral compass. I might not agree with everything he does, but I know he's got some sort of moral compass. I know that he spoke out against Donald Trump when Donald Trump was running for president. He spoke out very loudly. And now he's a United States senator who will never, ever be on a ballot with Donald Trump. He's got a six-year term. Donald Trump, is even if he gets reelected you know, six years from now, five years from now, he will not be up for reelection. He's term limited. And trust me, he won't be that popular. I don't get it. You don't even need this job in the Senate. What are you even doing there if you're not going to stand up for America over this man? I don't understand it one single bit. So I'm of the mindset that until Republicans start standing up and talking back to this man, uh, we've got real trouble here. And they don't seem willing to do it. They seem to be willing to die on this hill with Donald Trump. They don't seem to want to put their careers. I mean, it's not even a risk to Mitt Romney. 
He doesn't need this job in the U.S. Senate. He'll get reelected even if he does stand up to Donald Trump. People knew when he ran for office, when he ran in Utah, they knew that he already stood up to Donald Trump and they still elected him overwhelmingly in Utah, including the Republicans in their primary or whatever process they have in Utah. I don't get it. Use your moral compass, Senator Romney. Use your moral compass, Senator Lee. I don't agree with you. You used to be a principled conservative who had conservative ideas, Mike Lee of Utah. I'm talking about these two guys from Utah. Where is it? Where's your Where's your moral compass, Ben Sass, who early on stood up to Trump? Why aren't you standing up to him now? What was there, a poll in Nebraska that said you might lose? You know, you could probably go talk to every single voter in Nebraska if you're that afraid and go tell them why you stood up for this for this country over this man. You're going to let them lie and put first responders' lives at risk? You're going to let them lie while first responders are out there putting their lives at risk? That's what you're going to do? You're going to allow that, Ben Sass, Mitt Romney, Mike Lee, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, all people who tried to stand up to this guy at one point. You don't think now's the time to stand up to him again? I don't understand you. You're just a bunch of wimps. You got no courage. And let me tell you, 15 years from now, when the history books start writing about this era, they're going to look at you poorly. They're going to look at you and say, what did you do? How are you going to explain this to your children? Get off the bench. Get in the game. It's appalling to me. It's absolutely appalling to me that this is what's going on. That that the guy lies every single day, makes stuff up. Oh, China called. No, China never called. I mean, that's, you know, we can have a whole conversation about my theory that this guy is moving the markets on purpose for some financial gain. I mean, I know it's a conspiracy theory kind of thing right now. But, you know, the president, when he speaks about markets, moves the market. And this man has been speaking a lot about markets and markets have responded to what he says. Does anybody know he's about to say it? Does Carl Icahn know? Do any of Trump's family know? Has Trump called his broker and said, get ready to make a move? Who knows? I mean, that's, look, you know, we talk about impeachable offenses, America. I want a hearing on that. I don't know if it's impeachable. I don't know if he did anything wrong. But I want to know. I want to know. This happens too often for it just to be a coincidence, in my opinion. I want to know. If the president is intentionally moving markets by his speech. I want to know. Don't you want to know? Even if you support him. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know? Don't you think we should know what he's really doing here? I know I want to know. I'm appalled by this man. I'm absolutely appalled by it. And you should be appalled too. And more importantly, you should be appalled by the lack of response from Republicans in the Senate. You should be appalled by that. It should drive you insane. Drives me insane, America. It really does. And I'm waiting for good Republicans to stand up and push back. I got a guy coming on the show tonight, David Weissman. He is an Army veteran. He's from Florida. He was a Republican. He voted for Trump. He ain't voting for him anymore. He moved. Why? Why did he move away from Trump? Because his eyes are open. I think if your eyes are open, if you're not blinded by this nonsense, you'll move from Trump. That's why it's so frustrating to me that good Republicans are still with this guy. Good Republicans people maybe they're not so good maybe they're not as good as I thought they were because they're believing in something that is bad for this country 
And they got to know it's bad for this country, even if it's good politically for them. You got to stop being so cynical, America. You got to do what's right for America and not, maybe it's not right for you. Maybe it ends your career. Sometimes you got to pick a hill that's worth fighting for. I think this country is worth fighting for. I think our system of governance is worth fighting for. I think standing up for the moral values that America has stood for for generations is worth fighting for. It's worth losing your career over. I haven't seen any courage. I mean, I was watching what happened in the UK over the last couple of days where members of parliament in Boris Johnson's conservative party crossed the aisle to defy him because they believe in country first over party. Boris Johnson kicked them out of their party. But they believe that he is doing something that is not in the best interest of the country. And they want to make sure that they stand up and push back. That's courage. And this is like two weeks into the Boris Johnson administration. We've had Trump for almost three years. And barely any Republicans who are seeking re-election anyway have stood up to this guy at all. I don't get it. Some of you don't even have to worry about it. You just got elected to the U.S. Senate. You've got nothing to worry about. Go out and do it. Stand up to them. Push back. Take a stand. Be a man. Grow a pair. Or be a woman. Be an adult. How about that? Because we don't have an adult in this White House. Maybe we have some adults in the Senate that want to stand up to this man and say, stop lying. Stop jeopardizing people's lives. Start acting like an American president should or get out. Get on the plane and go to your golf course in Scotland and stay there. You and Mike Pence. That's a whole nother scandal that should be investigated by Congress. And maybe we'll talk about that in a little while too. Unreal. All right, stick around for David Weissman. Be right back. Joining me now. Uh, a guy who I've been following on Twitter. This is really the first time I've decided, let me just book a guest based on his tweets. Uh, David Weissman is a, uh, is a is a Army veteran who served two tours in Afghanistan. He is a former conservative Trump voter, and he joins me now. David, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, to come on the air. And I know that you, uh, you know, when Trump was running for president, you were living in Israel uh, and uh, you you liked his stance on Israel. You liked his stance on moving the cap, uh, the not the capital, but moving the uh, embassy to Jerusalem and some other things of that nature. I've read your tweets over the over time uh, and uh, and you supported him. Uh, What else? What else would you say attracted you to this man in, in 2016? Well, I've always, for most of my life, I've been a conservative. Um, I've always voted Republican. I was led to believe that Democrats were, you know, the enemy of America. They wanted to destroy America from within, taking away their rights, you know, the whole nine yards. Because, you know, I got into politics, I began watching people like Sean Hannity and, um, you know, Blaze TV, you know, all, all those conservative yep. outlets. So I, I really believe in that stuff. And you know, the way, you know, what attracted me to him um, in the general election, I saw how he handled Hillary Clinton. I mean, I, I thought Hillary Clinton was like Satan, you know, that's how, you know, she, she was definitely the more evil. I mean, if you were watching conservative TV for the last 20 years, you sure as heck <laughs> thought she was Satan, unless you saw me and I was the only thing you focused on in conservative TV. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And I mean, I, I, I believed all the demonizing of her, you know, I thought she was a security risk and all of this stuff about her. So I, and I, you know, I, I didn't really do a whole lot of research uh, on Trump himself. I, I took Kennedy's word and other conservative pundits' word for it, you know, that he was a successful businessman. He told it how it is. He was always a patriot. Right. So, you know, I, I took their word, you know, I, I, I think I'm voting for Captain America here. Right. And you, you served your country and you're like, you know, this is what I, uh, I'm i thinking about. And, and uh, you know, and the security thing, having served your country and having lived in the Middle East, yeah. you know, probably was very, very important to you. 
at that exactly. time. Exactly, definitely, because we were like the way they, you know, you hear it all the time how they think Democrats are anti-Semitic, um, anti-Israel. So you know, you know, I'm thinking if we voted Hillary in, that would have been put in danger to Israel. Um, and you know, and later on, of course, I learned that you know, criticism isn't anti-Semitic, right? You know. Um, and so, much, yeah, I, you know, I voted on you know what's best for Israel, what's what I thought was best for America. So those were my concerns as a Republican. So somewhere around 2017, I would think maybe it was early 2018. You you had an, epi- an epiphany or a moment of clarity, if you will. Um, yeah. You know where you you came to a realization and an evolution on this guy. So let's walk me through the evolution. Where did it start? Okay, well, it, it began where, where conservatives were talking about being there and being banned on Twitter. Um, so a lot of conservatives would say, you know, why would this leftist, you know, a lot of their stuff on Twitter, and why would conservatives get punished? Why would they get banned? So I, why, they, why would they get banned on Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Why would they get banned on Twitter? And I, you know ignorantly went after Sarah Silverman and Stephen Colbert. Um, I, I took pictures of them wearing, wearing they wore the Nazi outfit. Wearing a what and, outfit? I'm sorry. Nazi. No, not Nazi outfit. Oh, a Nazi outfit. Got it. Correct. And I, I tweeted, hey, Jack, you know, why, why are these people allowed to, you know, be on Twitter, blue check mark, and why are you silencing conservatives? So, and normally, when you're when you're supporting Trump and you're fighting for Trump, there's always like a war. You know, it's always like you know battles, you know, fights and arguments. Right. You know, which you see all the time on Twitter. And so, and when you go after a celebrity, they normally block you as sort of like a trophy. You know, right. Of water. But um, Sarah actually. I got blocked by James Woods. That was a good day for me. I got 700 followers that day. Oh, nice. I got blocked by him later on. <laughs> but um, she replied in kindness. She actually explained why she did her comedy, how she said it was gal's humor and, it's, and how it's subjective. And then I thought, you know what? If she's willing to explain this to me, why don't I find out why she doesn't like Trump? I mean, he's pro-Israel, pro-Jew, and, you know, Sarah is Jewish, too. Yep, yep. And by the way, let's just say Sarah Silverman, awesome lover, great comedian, great humanitarian. And there's been some pushback on some things she's done like 25 years ago. I I just please stop. Go ahead. I agree with that. That's ridiculous. Um, The stuff that she's been hammered for. But um, yeah, she she was kind. And, you know, I was like, you know what? Let me find out why she doesn't like Trump. So, I, you know, we had a really nice debate. She told me why she didn't like him. You know, the misogyny and racism, you know, different reasons listed in it. And I told her why I liked him. And then I started thinking, you know what? You know, she, you know, took the time to dialogue with me. And I really want to know why the world believes the way they do. Because, you no, know, we were led to believe that, like, you know, they want to destroy America. They wanted to take rights. They want to carry illegal aliens over military, take away guns. You know, I, I believe all that stuff. Right. So I started asking her questions about that. I asked her, you know, why do why do Democrats care more about illegal aliens than you know military? She replied saying, you know, you know, it's not inclusive. You can actually care about military and immigrants because we're a nation of immigrants. And I kind of paused for a second there. I was like, oh, okay. And you know, when she replied, you know, many of her followers replied, replied as well as well. They were showing me different articles, like how, you know, there were uh, immigrants who were soldiers, you know, like me. And yeah. they're being important because they came in a different way. Right. They explained about seeking asylum, which conservative media always says leave out that part. Um, you know, they never mentioned about seeking asylum. And, you know, so I'm learning more here. And then I asked Sarah, hey, Sarah, you know, why don't Democrats want to take all of our guns away? And she said, no. And, you know, this is someone as very progressive as she is, saying that she does not want to take guns away. Because that is one of the main things that conservative pundits always, you know, preached about, the Democrats want to take guns away. Right. And someone as progressive as her, saying, no, we just want, you know, you know, like mentally ill people, criminals, you know, make it harder for them to get it. 
And I was thinking, you know, that really makes sense. You know, people like that shouldn't have it. And, you know, I, I did more research on the AR and things. And, that's, you know, I realized, you know, hey, that's, you know, that actually wasn't weapon of combat. That was meant to be for combat. And, I, you know, I, and, you know, when this dialogue was happening, more people from all kinds of backgrounds, um, all kinds of avenues saw what was going on, and they were very, very supportive. And I, I've had so many different conversations about liberal values, Democrats, and people, President Obama, Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's why I wrote the article. Up. I wrote an apology letter to President Obama, from, you know, from stuff that I thought, what I right. thought was about him. And, you know, I... I mean, I've heard so many different things that was completely different of what I was meant to believe by conservative media. And while this was going on, you know, my fellow Trump supporters were seeing this dialogue, and they you know, attacked me for it. You know, and you know, at the time, I had no they were attacking you for having an exchange of ideas with somebody. Yes, yes. I mean. No, I mean, at another time, I had no intention of leaving Trump. I had no intention of leaving the Republican Party. I was just dialoguing and learning about, you know, people and, you know, learn, I mean, I learned Hillary Clinton actually had an investigation led by the GOP. And, and, and the, the GOP actually said, as well as the FBI, that there was no wrongdoing of her. Right. You know, looking at Benghazi, emails. And, and, you know, there's like a whole set of facts that you never hear on the other side. Right. I mean, I keep getting people tweeting at me about Benghazi. And I'm like, guys, your own House of Representatives, led by Trey Gowdy and, and, and Jason Chaffetz, investigated her for freaking two years, spent $11 million, and they came back with nothing. And it was them that did it. Not her, not Jim Comey, not somebody else. It was the House. <laughs> Exactly. It's mind-boggling. And she sat there for 11 hours with them and made them all look like schoolboys, if you watched that. It's yeah. Like, I mean, can you imagine if they, if they did that to Trump? I mean, I don't think it would last five minutes. I don't think Trump or anybody in his administration could handle what, what she went through uh, with that House Oversight Committee or the Special Select Committee on Benghazi. No. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's kind of funny. They came playing Comey, but it wasn't Comey. It was, trying, like you said, Trey County, GOP. Right. And so, like I said, I've been getting a lot of passage from people, people who I thought were friends. I mean, I made a lot of connections as a conservative writer, the writer for Trump, and all these people who I thought I knew were like saying, you know, this guy is a traitor. And where were you this writing? Um, I was running for um, politics. I wrote for The Real Side of Children Cena, Israel's Voice, Rogue Right. I mean, I wrote for many different conservative people. I mean, that's why I got the blue check mark on Twitter and the verified account. I mean, I was, I was a known person. Right, um, right. Kind of, which is funny now because I say, oh, who's this guy? We're having a blue check. <laughs> hey, you got, look, I got a blue check mark, too. And, and you've got like, you know, 10 times the followers of me, maybe more. So, so <laughs> and I'm on national television almost every single day, David. So uh, keep that in mind. So it, it's I've been on, on national television almost every single day for 10 years. And I have oh, wow. I have a a fraction of your Twitter followers, so uh, it's a uh, you know what you, whatever you were doing, you were doing it right. So um, thank you. I mean, I'm in the Spanish speaking from the heart, and I mean, I you know, and I do a lot of this stuff for free. I mean, I don't, but I don't want you know any money for it or anything like that because I think if he did, I would thank the sincerity of of what I'm doing away. And um, but yeah, I mean, so all the backlashes were going. When you when you're in Make America Great, you know you it's almost like a trance because no matter what Trump does, we're always saying you know that's fake news. And you know, and even before Trump, um, we always thought that CNN and MSNBC was always fake news. Right, right. And I think Trump saw that before the election, and that's why he's so good at. So it was like that. it was like being in a cult in a lot of ways, right? I mean, yeah, it was in yeah. a cult. You only listen to the other people in the cult, and the minute. You got outside that cult bubble and started talking to people like real people. That was able to help ease you out of that cult. Oh, I mean, and it wasn't just Sarah. I mean, a lot of Trump supporters were saying, "Oh, you dialogue with Sarah, now you're not." I mean, and I keep telling people that what she did, she lowered my wall, like the closed-minded wall that I had. Right. And because she, there was a tweet that she did that really got to me. Because after after I learned more from her, I, I showed you know I, I told her that I understood how 
like Colin Kaepernick kneels, you know, and free yeah. speech is not just for conservatives, it's for everybody. You know, everybody has right for free speech, and, you know, there is police brutality out there, and, you know, that's another issue that you never see on conservative media. Right, unless um, I'm on. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. I'm only on four yeah. minutes a day, so. It's, no, you need more time on that in conservative media. You need more. Yeah. So, I but, mean, um, you know, I want to I want to try to broaden this a little bit, you know, so like okay. if this could happen to you, if you could be dialogue, if you could engage in a dialogue, do you think that they're not, you know, I've often said that the Trump base is a lost cause, that they're never coming back. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I always say when I go on Fox, I only got to convince one percent of them and I've done my job because uh, if I could change one percent of the votes, I've changed America. Um, but, you know, what Sarah Silverman did for you was open your eyes. Do you think that this is possible with maybe not all Trump supporters, not everybody in the cult is going to get unbrainwashed, but is it possible that a good number of them, if they are treated with respect and and listened to and then, you know, dialogued with uh, in the same way Sarah Silverman, and obviously not everybody is going to get dialogue with a nationally known celebrity uh, like you did, uh, but... Um, is it possible that more people can turn? Absolutely. And we've we got to be welcoming because, I mean, when you think about it, the Trump supporter, conservative, when they leave that, they're going to get attacked by, you know, the Make American Great Cult, like I did. Right. But, I mean, I had an awesome support. And it was, like I said, I, you know, it wasn't just there. I spoke with so many different people offline. Yep. I spoke with people, ladies from the Women's March, um, you know, I, Alyssa Milano, um, so so many different people. I I, I can't tell you how many. It was almost like an intervention, right? And I, I and, and I think the best way to do it is if you see a person like kind of questioning, then we have to come together as a community to that one person and kind of separate him or her from the herd, right? And this it takes time. I mean, this was over a year. Wow, I mean, I didn't it took think- a year for you to to fully come around. Correct. And, you know, and I did a lot of research, you know, when I, when I was learning a lot of stuff that was wrong, I went back and I researched back 10 years and then I watched like different documentaries. I mean, I watched a documentary on the sixties and John Kerry, I mean, he's a freaking war hero. Right. I mean, he had medals, he went to combat and then and he came back and protested uh, on the war and because he didn't back part, like Republicans uh, said, oh, he's a traitor, he's a traitor. And I had no idea that he actually fought in the war. But yet, you know, they support a five-time draft author. Right. This is the thing. I mean, this is the thing I try to point out every day. The hypocrisy of these people who are just, you know, let it go. Whatever Trump says, let it go. Could you imagine if Barack Obama uh, drew a hurricane line on a map? I mean, they, you know, forget about making the vice president stay at his golf resort on the taxpayer's dime. Uh, I mean, Barack Obama would have been run out of town, you know, Two weeks into the Trump administration, if he acted like Trump did the first two weeks, I mean, heck, they they believe the conspiracy birth theory. Let alone if he breathes. I mean, it's ridiculous how right. I mean, imagine if Obama did any of the stuff that Trump did. I mean, it's crazy. Absolute, absolute crazy. So, what are you doing now? I mean, you're out of the army. You're living in Florida. You're no longer in Israel. Um, um, and it's nice that you're living in Florida, a swing state. I hope you're talking to a lot of voters down there, David. Uh, yes, I am. And you're wearing your medals and your service hat so that they know <laughs> that you're not some, you know, lefty like me. You're, you're, you know, you're a red-blooded American soldier. Um, you know, um, what what are you doing now? Uh, I'm actually going to college full time. I'm studying to be a social worker. Good for you. Good for you. And and, and was that something you were doing before? Uh, uh, the the transformation from Trump supporter to progressive? Um, no, actually it wasn't. Um, um, I was trying to find work, and I, I realized they need to have a college degree to get a good job around here these days. How long were you in the Army? 13 years. 13 years. That's a long time to be in the Army, especially this day and age with all these wars going on. And then when yes, you got yes. out of the Army, you moved to Israel after that? Correct. And you stayed there for how many years? For five years. Wow, that's a very long time uh, to be uh, be overseas. And 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 then you're originally from New York, correct? 
Queens. Queens, excellent, excellent. So you must be disappointed with the Mets like most other people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is very interesting. Now, and I only have about a minute and a half left with you. Um, mm-hmm. Now it, it appears you're supporting Elizabeth Warren. I don't. I haven't endorsed any candidates in this election yet. What has attracted you to Elizabeth Warren? She. Uh, what is attracting me to her is that she has a similar history. She was originally conservative Republican, and she moved um, left like I did. So I, I felt like I can relate to that, and I see a strong command presence from her, and I and she has plans and policies. Um, though I agree with all of them, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning a lot about what it means to be a Democrat. Um, but I do support a lot of them because I learned the difference between Republican and, and Democrat. Republicans are always about caring about their values and their rights, even though they already have them. Democrats' rights for rights of others. Right. And, you know, that's a huge difference that I learned. And I can tell that she is very, very sincere. She doesn't care about the establishment or, you know, big corporations and something. She cares for, you know, the regular average American that, you know, that needs a little help, you know. And I think she is strong enough, too, to take on Trump. I mean, you know, all the insults that Trump has given her and Trump's supporters, she's not even phased by it. Right. And so, you know, I admire her for that. And I, I think she will, you know, she can pull it off if she's a nominee. I think she's no joke. And I think that the Republicans are are unwise to underestimate her. I think that she's a um, a lot stronger candidate than they think. I think she connects very well with people, and I think she's also a good storyteller, which I think in this day and age of politics is very, very important. So we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, the election uh, is going to unfold in a lot of ways. David Weissman, I really, this was a pleasure for me. You have given me a lot of hope that, uh, you know, that not just you, but others like uh, like you can come around, that can they can see the light. Maybe all hope is not lost. So I want to encourage everybody to follow David Weissman on Twitter, at David Weissman on Twitter. I'll retweet out some of his stuff, too. Uh, I follow him. Uh, David, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, I, I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. Gives me hope that uh, perhaps everyone who has voted for this guy, who has pledged some sort of allegiance to this guy, President Trump, are not lost causes. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right. So uh, that's David. Hope it gives you hope. It gives me hope. Hope is my favorite word. Um, and I uh, enjoyed talking to him. And I... I got to tell you, you got to love Sarah Silverman for what she did for him. And frankly, that's the approach, right? I mean, there's been a lot of talk the last couple of months about political correctness. And is that something that Democrats need to be pushed, you know, you know, need to move away from a little bit? And I'm not saying that people should be, uh, you know, allowed to insult people or say things that are patently offensive. Um, but, uh, you know, there's this movement in this country to go back over everything people have said over the last 30 years and hold them accountable as if it was, you know, as if they said it today. And I know that happened to Sarah and it's happening to some other people. I mean, Eddie Murphy's trying to make a comeback this year. Um, you know, we all laughed at Delirious in 1984. We probably wouldn't be laughing as hard today. Um, and you know, for those of you who think that you wouldn't have laughed in 1984, um, you know, you weren't probably alive in 1984 and, you know, you probably would have laughed and, um, you know, in the Dave Chappelle special, uh, there's been a lot of talk about that. So, but, you know, think about it. This is a guy who talked to Sarah Silverman, who, you know, was caught up in some of this, some of this retroactive punishment for, by the way, something she did ironically uh, in a sketch years ago. It, 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 it boggles me that people have attacked her over these things, um, you know, um, and, and here she is taking a guy who was a dyed in the wool Trump supporter, ultra conservative in a lot of ways, and opening the door to him to come you know, back to reality. It's almost like a lot of these Trump supporters are in a cult. I mean, we talk about it, we joke about it all the time, but it's really not that funny. A lot of them, you know, have this fervent support for this guy that is cult-like. And some of them just need to be deprogrammed. Some of them are lost cause. 
some of them, like David Weissman, can be talked to. And maybe progressives need to stop you know, saying how stupid they are. And I know I'm guilty of that myself. And maybe we need to start trying to talk to people and trying to reach people. And again, I, I don't think that that's the answer to 2020. I don't think we're going to reach all these people by the end of 2020. But I think for the long-term health of America, we need to come together as a country. We need to unite. Um, we can't have 40% of the country angry at the other 60% and vice versa. We need to be one nation. I mean, that's that's the whole point of being a United States of America, being one nation. And, you know, we all know, we all have friends and family, God knows I do, that are Trump supporters. And they're not bad people. They're just really supporting something that is bad, frankly. And we've got to have real conversations with them. So maybe we need Sarah Silverman to train us all uh, as we get ready for the holidays. I know it's it's only September, but the holidays are going to be upon us soon. I mean, you know you're buying your Halloween candy now. And what's right after that? Thanksgiving and everything else. So, all right. I want to thank you all for listening to me again today. And I want to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, America, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.